You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter. Back with your raw review and a happy Labor Day to everyone who's celebrating the great holiday. So I got to kick it off. Bailey just turned heel and all hope for humanity is officially lost. For those of you who don't know, Bailey is essentially an 11-year-old girl. She is a hugger. She is uh, backed by these inflatable, failing, uh, flailing tube men. She is the picture of purity, and she turned heel. Now, let's, let's get into how this all happened. Becky Lynch came to the ring to respond to Sasha Banks ripping her ahead of their WWE Raw women's title match. When about how you would assume Sasha came out and confronted her. The Street Profits, seemingly their only role on Raw, was to throw a commercial break after this because they didn't know what to say. We then went backstage which, with Bailey, and she was very cagey about her friendship with Sasha Banks, which was very unusual and a hint of what was to come. We then heard from Sasha backstage, and when she was asked about rooting for Bailey because Bailey was going to tag with Becky Lynch in this championship showcase against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, of course, the tag team champions going up against the Raw and SmackDown women's champions. Sasha strangely overreacted and told the interviewer uh, to get out of her face. So a couple little seeds planted there. We get to the match. We have Becky and Bailey teaming up against Nikki and Alexa. Sasha shows up during the match, seemingly just maybe to mess with Becky, but seemed a bit odd with her friend Bailey still being out there. And... I don't even care how this match ended because it didn't really matter. But what we got was Bailey turning heel and attacking Becky Lynch with a chair. Now this raises some very immediate problems in terms of how the Charlotte-Bailey match is going to go at Clash of Champions. But longer term, this is brilliant. And we saw hints of this last week when Bailey pushed Charlotte off a chair on Moment of Bliss. We've sort of seen Nikki and Alexa moving towards the face side. Becky, when she ripped her promo on Sasha, pushing Sasha further to the heel side. Uh, another match later I'll talk about. So a lot of pieces in motion here. And this is very, very interesting because, of course, if Sasha wins on Sunday, if Bailey retains on Sunday, they could have a... a I hate to, for lack of a better term, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit moment where they both hold the two uh, biggest titles in the singles women's division. And, and this is maybe not what I thought I wanted, but man, now that it's happened, I'm excited. And unfortunately, as we move away from this, things get way less interesting. Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins were supposed to have their universal title match this contract signing for it. Michael Cole was for some reason assigned to be the moderator. Of course, the OC and AJ Styles came out and quickly attacked both Braun and Seth. Of course, Michael Cole couldn't handle this. Stone Cold Steve Austin <coughs> called out Michael Cole on Twitter. And later we found out that this would happen again next week with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the moderator, which is a big improvement over Michael Cole. Although, once the attack actually happened, Braun and Seth held back all three members of the OC 
And it wasn't until Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, the number one contenders for the tag titles, came out that they had some trouble. We eventually got a tag team match with the OC and the current tag team champions going at it. AJ was ringside. Actually, Ziggler and Rhodes ran in later. It was the second run-in. That's where uh, they ran into trouble. And forgive me for being confused. This legitimately took up half an hour of a three-hour Raw. This was a sixth of Raw. And it doesn't count Ziggler and Rude. I can't even think anymore. Defeating Hawkins and Ryder because... And this happened shortly after they ran in. So I don't know where they had the time to do both of these things. And why Braun and Seth seem to have no other friends... I don't know. Also, AJ pointed out he has no contender for his U.S. title. With two weeks to go to Clash Champions. We get to that later. Later, we went backstage as well with Braun and Seth. Braun was now paranoid about Stone Cold Steve Austin being the moderator. Which even Seth had to point out was ridiculous. Huh. Not a good way to start Raw. (coughs) And... If the rumors are true... And we're just going to get Bray Wyatt going for the WWE Universal title. I would love to just fast forward a month of my life and get there. Because this whole thing's a mess. Just a mess. And I'm okay with Ziggler and Rude taking the tag titles because it helps them. Or at least it helps Bobby Rude because he actually wants to wrestle. Ziggler doesn't. So be it. (coughs) We got a new Firefly Funhouse where Bray set up i guess apologizing to finn so he can kind of clear his palate if you will for what would come next quite good i want to rewatch this a few times for sure we then got to the king of the ring and dear god was this disappointing cedric alexander was backstage cutting a promo when the oc attacked him probably just because they forgot to write aj a U.S. title opponent. So they figured, let's just beat up the Cedric guy. He's easy pickings. Then we also got Corbin backstage, who did a pretty decent pre-tape promo. We got the match. Of course, his attack gave Corbin a great excuse to win. Then we had Samoa Joe, who cut, uh, as always, a great backstage promo. Uh, Ricochet, as always, did kind of a map promo. And this match actually ended in a draw because both men covered each other with one arm over the other. There was a weird VAR thing, which wasn't established, which the referee went to. Corey Graves, of old people, went backstage to interview this referee, because there's not enough backstage reporters. We already kicked Michael Cole off the commentary desk, and that was a bad idea. Let's get Corey out there. Corbin jumped in. Typical heel stuff said, well, I've won the Raw side of the King of the Ring. Joe and Ricochet both lost. No, of course, it's going to be a triple threat in the semifinals. Duh. Why we needed all of this um, exposition to get here, I have no idea. And I almost would have rather they had done a double countout angle and just announced they both moved on. Why we needed the whole VAR thing and I, I just too much. We had Rey Mysterio backstage. Uh, Rey was just sort of continuing his promo from last week. Okay, this did nothing for me. 
just sort of was there. They had a 24-7 graphic talking about a lot of the first, most of this graphic we had seen before. This did nothing for me. We then, we then went directly to Daniel Bryan's WWE.com statement about his Roman Reigns attack. We're going to do this on SmackDown anyways. Why this was here, I have no idea. You literally have spots for SmackDown tomorrow saying there'll be more information. There was no more information here that you couldn't have got from WWE.com. So why? We also got The Miz and Cesaro. I can't even remember who won this match because I didn't care about it. And I rarely don't care about a match. Uh, Cesaro coming off the big match at NXT Cardiff, which was a terrific show with uh, Dragunov. That match was better than this match because The Miz is clearly in a feud for the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown. He has no reason to be on Raw. I assume he won this match. I don't care. Cesaro's got to stop being a jobber. Yeah, I just, I'm at a loss for where this is. But there are still two things worse than this match I can't even remember. Lacey Evans defeated Natalia, even though Natalia attacked her on her way to the ring. You know, I guess this establishes Natalia as a face. I don't know what they're doing with Lacey. She was on main event recently, and I thought that was the plan, was to help her polish her skills. But now she's right back on the main roster. And the likes of Dana Brooke and Sarah Logan do not get the light of day. And I'd much rather see them fighting Natalia than Lacey Evans at this point. We also had a couple of jobbers who were from Pittsburgh. Raw was in Baltimore. So this gave them a lot of heat. And they were taking on the Viking Raiders. Of course they lost. But the sad thing about this is these two jobbers just doing default anti-hometown stick was probably the most over the Viking Raiders have been since they've been on WWE because of how screwed up their name was, not being the War Raiders. And I guess they're faced now because of the jobbers that decided to open their mouth too much, which is kind of embarrassing. I'm at a loss. So that was Raw. Man, oh man, does the Bailey turning heel thing get me going. I'm very excited for Wyatt. But God help us after that. I'm really worried that Baron Corbin is going to become the king of the ring. Because right now he's the front runner on Raw. And we still don't know who the guys are on SmackDown. But I'll tell you right now. It doesn't matter if it's Ali. It doesn't matter if it's Chad Gable. And after that, I'm having, I guess Andrade's there. But I'm having trouble remembering who the fourth guy is. So, I guess it's Elias. Corbin's the front runner. He's probably going to win. And it doesn't help that they had his match before the draw finish. That really puts him even more in front because he literally had the first match of this round and there wasn't a clear winner after. And by the time you get to SmackDown, I think generally a SmackDown star is less of a chance than a Raw star to win this. I think that's just how it goes. So, not to mention Elias already has... You know, been flirting with the 24-7 championship. He's not like Kevin Owens, who's above it. And we saw that from KO. And part of the reason why I think KO would be better here. Anyways. A mixed draw, but some good highs at least. I'll be back tomorrow for SmackDown. I'm sort of struggling through a cold, so thank you for bearing with me. You can follow me at BilalV87 on Twitter. And uh, 
throw me a comment. So, you know, I know people are listening, but I'd like to hear from you guys as well. And girls, thank you very much. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 